I'm going in search of witches. Witches? Witches. I guess you found me out, huh? Yeah. You should come around here on Halloween. You'd really see something then. Oh, yeah? Yeah, we all jump off the roof and fly. You know, sort of like a coven. We were placed fester under some strange sexual spell. At what time will we be spellcasting? Hello, witches, and welcome to Moonstone Witchery, the podcast where we talk about um, witchcraft and spirituality in the modern era. My name is Rian Lockhart. I am the head witch over here at Moonstone Witchery, and I am so glad that you have decided to join me here today. Thank you for being here. I took a little hiatus last week, but I'm back. Mercury is currently in retrograde um, for me now when I'm recording this. Hopefully, whenever you're listening to it, you've made it through and all is well. Um, but things have been a little crazy for me during Merc Retro. I'm feeling kind of nostalgic right now. I know I had discussed a certain a certain um, topic I was going to talk about on the next podcast. But I'm going to sort of chat about the essence of witchcraft and the vibe. I want to talk about the vibe of witchcraft. I want to talk about, like, what is that energy? What is it that makes someone really a witch, what is it that separates us from, I don't know, maybe somebody else who is just practicing a religion or something like that? I guess I'm feeling kind of like witchcraft is more than a practice, although it's also a practice, but witchcraft is more than that. It's like this essence. It's like this flow that you can step into. And once you get stepped into it, once you get stepped into it, I don't really know what that means, but once you get into the flow of it, um, it sweeps you up and it takes you somewhere and it's beautiful. And just like when you're in some kind of river or when you're in, in that journey like that, it's all encompassing. It surrounds you. It immerses you. Um, it blankets you. You are just really, I don't know. It's like every aspect of your life becomes it. And I guess for me, that's one of the things that appeals to me the most about witch work and witchcraft. And people kind of talk to me about, well, what is it that makes me a witch? And it's all of these things that I can't specifically pinpoint, but I can unspecifically pinpoint. It's all of this stuff that I think we can all relate to. So I just... I thought I would chat about this for a little bit. It's very nebulous and confusing, but that's kind of my thing, I think. So so the thing I'm kind of talking about is like, do you remember when you're little and you can, you can sit on the floor and play with your toys and you're not playing with toys. You're in this whole alternative world that you've created for yourself and it's so real and expansive and vibrant and pulsating with life. See, 
to me, that energy is like the essence of what I think people are really wanting to get back to when you can feel so immersed in something and it becomes so real. And we are granted that ability in this lifetime as humans. I don't even know why we're so lucky to be granted that ability, but we are where we can shape realities and create our own world and step fully into it. And when we choose the path of witchcraft, we're choosing one of those realities. And the reality we're choosing is the one in which everything we hope might be real actually is. What is the difference between hoping something is real and having it actually be real? I think the answer to that question is supposed to be faith or trust or belief. Um, for me, it's just just do it. Just it is. Whatever we dis- decide or determine to be so is so because we've decided or determined it. And we can use this power. You know, each human is granted this inalienable right to choose their world. But not every human is understanding the enormity of that gift. And not everyone is using it to their own benefit or their own empowerment. I am a um, certified life coach. And in my private practice with my clients, I always tell them, and I'm going to share this with you, please always choose a world that empowers you rather than disempowers you. We can interpret anything that happens to us as either empowering or as disempowering. And I would love to say, why should we ever interpret a sequence of events or a series of events as disempowering when we have the option to reclaim our power? For those of you who have been listening to my podcast for a while, you'll know that like empowerment is like for me, the crux of what witchcraft and witch work is all about. It's all about harnessing and manifesting and stepping into your own power. It's saying the power of the universe doesn't belong to anybody but me. And that's a real thing. I mean, it belongs to everybody and me, or it doesn't belong to someone other than me. You know what I mean? We're all, we all have the same access to it. Um, There's no hierarchy of who can and can't access the universe. What stops us from being able to access and control our worlds is simply ourselves. Um, And that is both the gift and the hindrance because our own selves can stop us from, you know, knowing and seeing and valuing ourselves. But our own selves can be the ones who enable us to do that as well, right? So that's why I also say self-work and witchcraft are so intrinsically linked. When we are able to choose our own empowerment every time, we have done so much self-work to allow it and we become rewarded by the universe by being um, gifted with this immense beauty called witchcraft or magic or manifestation or whatever you would like to call it. But that is a real thing that happens as a result of doing our self-work and choosing ourselves every single time. And I just feel as if when we have a wish, like something like, I wish I could communicate with my guides or 
I wish that I could receive signs from loved ones who have passed away, or I wish I could control the outcome of this situation that is causing me stress. When we have wishes like that, they're steeped in this this chord within us. They they emanate or resonate from a chord within us that is whispering quietly to us and it is telling us we can do those things. We do have those gifts. It's just breathing so sweetly to us that we almost can miss it. But that whisper is our inner witch or our inner sense of power or the divine light that lives within each of us or our soul or whatever it is that you want to call it, that inner wish is actually the verbalization of this ancient knowledge that we all carry within us that says we are so otherworldly and so enriched with magic and so beautifully powerful that if only we could take that wish and explore it, we would discover very quickly that we are gifted in ways that we don't even realize. But our culture has kind of told us that we, especially those of us who identify as women, are absolutely not that powerful. And unfortunately, without much of a chance for the for otherwise, we've all kind of opted into that story and have believed it. And that's the thing we have to overcome. That's the first mountain we have to climb is knowing that the things we wish for, we wish for them because they exist within us. So if you're wishing for some kind of magic or if you're wishing for some kind of inarguable connection to the divine or if you're wishing for some kind of capability to to control your life just through your own whim and your own wants and desires, it's because you have those gifts. You do. You have them. I say this as someone who has been, you know, connected to my guides and my angels since I was born. And I say this as someone who has devoted many years to studying and teaching religion and the mysteries and philosophy. And I say this as someone who has been practicing with this for so long. If you can start to cultivate that energy that you had when you were little and sitting crisscross on the floor, playing with your toys, and being so immersed in your world, if you can get back to that, and you can believe your own world and your own version of reality, and you can live there and dive fully into it and release all of the self-consciousness or stress about letting yourself do that, if you can step into I wish this was this way, so it will be this way. And just let yourself suspend disbelief and go there. You will find that you have the most amazing gifts imaginable. It's just this suspension of the facade that we've been given called reality. And it sounds like I'm saying that like it's easy, but I know it's not. I know it requires a lot of self-work. 
What I'm saying is that there are clues to who you truly are and what your gifts really are all about. And these clues are dotted like little Easter eggs throughout your whole persona, your personality, your truest self. They're whispers within you. They're callings. They show up like things that you're interested in or songs that you like or... I don't know, topics you've always wondered about. They show up as like things you're naturally good at or that you are drawn to or that you enjoy or as dreams that you have that you might not have even ever mentioned out loud or of the places that you're envious of others. This is how your calling shows up to you in little whispers like that. And we can draw it out more and more by doing two, two simple things. One, by hearing ourselves and acknowledging that we hear ourselves and believing what we're hearing. So if we wish that the world was more magical and we felt more connected to the divinity every single day, we can say, okay, I'm hearing that I'm needing this connection, that I'm longing for it, and that it's important to me. So I'm going to trust that and I'm going to start to do it, which leads us to step two. And step two is simply acting upon the thing we've heard within ourselves. I often say, you know, I've had clients come to me for like love or relationship work and they'll say, I wish my partner was more romantic. I need more romance in my relationship. And my question to them is, how much romance are you bringing to the relationship? Because sometimes we look for the world to just show up and we forget that we are the world. So we have to show up. We forget that we are putting out there exactly what we need to receive. And this does not apply to acts of violence or abuse. No one is ever responsible for acts of violence or abuse except for the abuser or the perpetrator. You don't cultivate that. You don't call forth egregious attacks on yourself. This applies more to when we are shaping a reality that is beautiful and a life that we want to have. The only essence we can control is how do we show up to it? How do we show up to that life? How do we show up to that reality? So if we want more romance, are we being romantic? Are we open to romance? Are we willing to redefine what romance means? So how does that apply to magic in step two? It applies to this connection to the divinity and having it more often and step two, which is taking action, because if we want to connect to the divine more, or if we want to feel more connected to the divine, we must connect. We must look at all things or many things or as many things as we can as an opportunity to connect. And there may be, just maybe, there's many ways of connecting to divinity. Maybe it doesn't have to look like some version of somebody else's connection that we think it has to look like. Maybe it doesn't have to be a certain way. Maybe just because your friend has prophetic dreams, it doesn't mean that you have to have prophetic dreams. And maybe just because some psychic or even me can see and talk to her guides whenever she wants, that doesn't mean it has to look like that for you. One thing I've really learned that is so hard to teach about witchcraft is that it is 
a life. It is immersive. It is all the things you do. For me, it looks like when I'm driving and I I go over a pothole, I reach forward and I tap my dashboard and I tell my car, thanks, baby. And I let her know like she's doing a good job. It looks like when the ATM is taking a long time to work, I say to my guides or my angels, I say, could you help out with this, please? I'm in a hurry. And I swirl my fingers and I throw that energy at the ATM and it starts to work. It looks like every time I make coffee for my partner and I'm stirring the sugar and the cream in her cup, I'm blessing it with love and I'm telling it, I allow her to feel the love that she needs to feel today. It looks like dropping into a meditation every night as I fall asleep and calling in my guides of the highest light and love and allowing them to show up in whatever form they might show up, however they look, and talking to them. It looks like standing outside and listening to the wind and asking it what it's telling me and allowing the answer to maybe not be words in my mind, but instead sensations in my body or something I smell or the way I feel or the jingle of some wind chimes. This is witchcraft. This is what living a spiritual life looks like. It's immersive. It's everywhere. It's the air all around us. It's everything we do. It shows up in so many tiny ways. Because when you start to create that world for yourself, like you did in childhood, it becomes real because it is real. This is like the deepest, most beautiful and fundamentally important part of witch work and witchcraft and claiming the life as a witch or of a spiritual person or whatever words you want to use. To me, this is the most important and the hardest to express component. But once you get it down, your whole world begins to change because you are embodying who you really are. You're walking it. You're living it. You're breathing it. You are it everybody can and maybe should (laughs) show up to a rite of passage a witchcraft ritual anything like that and do the spell and follow the steps and it will execute and it will work and it will be beautiful but then if they return to their their other life and they're living two different versions of themselves they'll find that they feel a disconnect they'll find that they feel their emotions or their moods go up and down like a roller coaster because somewhere there is this disjointedness. Somewhere there is this idea that who they truly are isn't matching necessarily how they're showing up. And so I want to empower you to know that witchcraft can look like taking a walk and picking up cool things that you find and you know I I leaned over and I picked up this really cool stick the other day and this huge piece of bark and before I took them with me I said to them in my mind I'd like to bring you home with me and keep you on my altar is that okay with you and then I received what I felt was a yes and I kept going you know witchcraft is taking photos of all the majestic birds that you see You don't always have to be practicing in ritual. 
You simply must be willing to connect in whatever way you connect in whatever capacity makes you feel like you're connected. And when you have a challenge get thrust your way, you can say, what is the empowering choice here for me? What is the thing that allows me to stand in my power, my strength, my magic? What would the goddess do? Or if you are so inclined, you can see the goddess in one of her many forms, you know, Hecate or Artemis or any of them. There's so many choices. The goddess manifests in so many ways. For me, when I'm trying to stand in my empowerment, I like to access the Morrigan. She speaks to me very clearly. There's Isis. There's so many forms of the goddess that you can draw upon when you're looking for specific energy or specific support for yourself. And so I want you to in all circumstances, not just to be spell casting or spell creating in your mind as the only way you access your witchcraft or your spirituality, but to say to yourself, what do I wish life was like? I mean, I know when I was younger, I had this deep depression and I revoked my gifts and I cast them off and I just went into myself in this really twisted up like tangle of like thorns and It was awful, but it was what I needed because I just couldn't anymore. I didn't know how to choose my empowerment. And I felt like the world was pummeling me like waves just slamming into me over and over on the shore. And I just retreated. And when I reclaimed myself, you know, a year later at least, and when I stood back up, I found that I found that I had to choose. I had to choose. And I had to say to myself, what do I want my life to feel like every day? And I wanted to feel connected to the divinity again. And I wanted to feel like magic was everywhere. And I wanted to see all the ways that life was working in my favor rather than working against me. And there's an example of choosing an empowering perspective over a disempowering one. And I am not diminishing our mental health struggles. And I'm not diminishing the way that life attacks and assaults us out of nowhere. Because that happens and it's real. Things will happen to us that will strip us of our power. Or that will come for us and we will feel assaulted. And we will be assaulted. And those are real experiences. You will never hear me diminish that. But what we always have the ability to do is to reclaim and to take back ourselves and our own essence from whatever comes our way. And that's the empowerment I'm talking about. And so I struggled out of this dark place and I said, I want my life to feel like love and magic and beautiful and glittery and all this great stuff again. And I started to seek it out. And when I couldn't find it, I started to just create it for myself. And I would just be like, what would make me feel better? And I would do a spell because practicing witchcraft makes me feel alive. Or I would take a walk and I would say to my guides, please show me something beautiful. 
There was this one time I was at the beach and it was the middle of summer, very, very busy. And I had been going through it. And I said, if I am still loved by the universe, if you still love me and I still have a purpose for being here and you still want me to continue, I want to find a conch shell. You know, those beautiful ones that are spirals with the nice little curve around the kind you hold up to your ear to hear the ocean. I said, please send me a conch shell. Those are hard to find on a good day. You have to get up early in the morning and go out to the beach before all the tourists are there. And you're lucky if you find one and you're lucky if it's whole. And I was sitting there on a crowded afternoon in the middle of the summer crying to the ocean because I felt so bad and I was asking for this one sign and I thought it was probably too big but the way I felt inside wanted me to choose something that felt too hard because I didn't feel like I deserved it and within an hour I had found nine conch shells nine nine and that's how I knew that something more magnificent than I could ever imagine was going on all around me at all times. And if that was true, I wanted in. I wanted part of it. I wanted access to it. And the thing I found out was, was that it wanted me too. And it wants you too. We can simply access this beautiful, magical, majestic energy that's all around us at all times by just declaring that we want to be a part of it and by looking for it and by taking small steps to just get into it. Pick up small rocks and thank the universe. Breathe to the moon and let her see your tears. Take a walk. It's so simple. It's so simple. And it's very complicated because we have to struggle with our own inner demons, our own inner work, our own voice telling us, and it's not our voice actually, the voice we've come to call our own voice that was gifted to us by our upbringing, telling us that we're not good enough and we can't. That's the thing we have to overcome. As easy and as hard as that is, and it's like a lifetime of work, but it's so worth it. It's so worth it to at least start to try to do it because every day that we make an effort, we make some progress. And so the essence of living a life that's so beautiful and magical and and a witchcraft kind of life is simply by choosing to live that life and showing up and doing it, creating little blessings for yourself, finding the opportunities to access magic, talking to your guides or your angels or the goddess or the god or whatever words work for you, communicating with them and receiving the signs that they send back to you. This is the essence of having that kind of life that's just enriched and magical and synchronistic and beautiful. And I just felt like it's kind of the missing piece that sort of doesn't get really addressed on like witchy YouTube channels or any other um, Instagram account that I've seen. It's the missing piece. It's that thing that's like, but how do I live it? And I'm trying to tell you, this is how you live it. 
You decide that you have the right to it. You decide that it's possible and you do whatever your heart and soul decides to do within that framework and that context. I just wanted to share those thoughts with you guys. I hope that this is supportive. I'm back on my schedule. I love that you listen. I love that you send me messages and I'm grateful for every time you subscribe or share my, my podcast with anybody. Thank you. I find that it is so it's just so beautiful to feel like we're all connected in this way. So you can find me on Instagram at um, moonstone underscore witchery. Please check out my website, uh, moonstonewitchery.com. And I have um, an Etsy store coming soon as well. So that's all fun stuff. Um, Hit me up on Instagram if you decide to subscribe to the podcast. I'll give you a follow back. And I'm really grateful again for you for listening. I hope you have a great week. Hey, everyone. I just wanted to take a second to tell you all about this cool thing that we're offering over on my website, moonstonewitchery.com. We are offering a new subscription service. Um, It is called Crystal of the Month, and its name is pretty straightforward, pretty much exactly what you could expect. With Crystal of the Month, I've tried to keep it incredibly affordable. It's only $15 a month. That includes shipping, and you will get a new crystal delivered right to your door every single month so that you can build your collection. These crystals are the perfect size for your altar or to be carried in your pocket or your bra or in your car or under your pillow. Um, They're really a manageable size, but I have hand chosen each one. Um, And I actually speak to my guides and channel in which crystals should be used each month for the crystal of the month. So if you're not already subscribed, it's real easy. Go over to moonstonewitchery.com. You can find the link under subscriptions and you can just set it up through PayPal. It'll monthly subscribe you. And that's that. And then every single month, it's like, surprise, you get a little delivery from the crystal fairy. So I hope to see you guys over there at moonstonewitchery.com subscribing for crystal of the month. And thank you for listening. Thank